It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week, you might be already in it, it might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Locked On Wizards podcast. This is your host, Ed Oliver. You can follow me on Twitter at E-D-T-O-O-F-L-A-T-T. And uh, make sure you guys check out Thursdays on Locked On NBA. Thursdays on the Locked On NBA podcast, Jackson Gatlin and Matt Moore have game recaps and, and analysis of the biggest NBA headlines. Follow the Locked On NBA podcast today wherever you get your podcasts. And today we have special guests, uh, once again, the Kaminsky brothers, uh, we're going to get pretty familiar with these guys. You know, we since we took all their Lakers guys, we took uh, Thomas, not only the Lakers guys this year, but Thomas Bryant, um, Isak Bonga, so many other players. Uh, how are you guys doing today? Good, man. I, by the way, you, uh, as, a, as a D.C. media guy, you were in the know earlier than us. We had no idea when he was with the Lakers that Bonga's first name was pronounced Isak. Everybody called him Isaac, including the Lakers. Like, I remember we discovered this later, and, every, and even the people on the Lakers media relations staff were like, wait, what? Nobody knew. <laughs> yeah, Isak Bonga, um, he, he's an interesting guy. He's actually on the Raptors now, so he's not yeah. on the Wizards anymore. Um, but he, he was definitely an interesting uh, character on the Wizards uh, for us. But uh, today we're going to get into Montrez Harrell. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about him. He said some uh, interesting things in his press conference, and I just wanted to get uh, how he would fit, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about his uh, chemistry fitting with the team and how he is off the court because he's an interesting guy and he's uh, pretty uh, vocal on Twitter as well. And the uh, committee brothers, they know a lot about that uh, with his one year uh, with the Lakers. So we'll get started here with the stuff on the court. Um, how was Montrezl Harrell offensively, uh, and what were his strengths and weaknesses on the offensive end? I, I thought, I mean, Andy, maybe you disagree. I, he turned out to be much more skilled. I mean, I'd seen him play with the Clippers, obviously, a fair amount. You know, you get the, the local coverage, and, you know, Lakers-Clippers are always big games. So, I mean, I, but I don't think I really had paid as close attention, maybe, as I should have to his skill uh, as an offensive player. You get the ball down on the block, he's got moves, he goes quickly, he, you know, he's got a good touch. Um, I'm not saying, you know, he's, even his 
mid, you know, his jump shot was a little bit better, I think, than advertised, particularly early in the year. So, you know, he's more than a hustle guy who's just going to clean up the boards and get putbacks and run the floor and stuff like that. I and mean, he is a skillful offensive player, undersized for sure, but definitely skilled, very, very quick um, with his feet. Uh, particularly down low. So, I mean, that was Andy. That was my impression. I was surprised by it. I, I don't know. If yeah, I, it, I, I that's actually close enough attention. It's a good way of putting it. I mean, he he's a garbage man in the sense that he does garbage man work. You know, I mean, like he will get you a lot of mileage off offensive rebounds. You know, just shots close to the glass, stuff like that. But he can do more than that. In particular, like setting up his own shot. You know, dribble, drive, spin, move, stuff like that. Like Brian said, there there is more to it than than I expected. I think in part because the last few years with the Clippers, he had spent so much time working so specifically with Lou Williams in, in like in a pick and roll tandem tandem that you just sort of saw him as a finisher, and, and you didn't really think as much about what he does, you know, sort of set up his own looks. You know, there there are limitations that Brian was getting at. Like, you know, he is not going to be somebody that you're going to be looking to to stretch a defense. I mean, to you know, to stretch a defense, stretch out your own offense in, in any type of fashion. Even acknowledging that his mid-range jumper is better than I thought it would be, it's not necessarily reliable. It's not like a no, go-to you don't want to move. Like, for let's let's not draw up plays for Montrez right. at twenty-one uh, or eighteen feet. Right, a little goes a long way, but you know, just knowing that there is actually a little there was eye-opening in of itself. And you know, he's not necessarily a great passer. He's not somebody that you can even, as a third option, run an offense through. You know, I mean, there there are limitations to what he can do offensively, but I think Brian would agree with this. What he does offensively is valuable, and I would say a little bit better than I expected, even mm-hmm. with pretty positive expectations for him heading into the season. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah, every time I watch him play, he plays at 110% on the offensive end. Oh, uh, yeah. Didn't really – I haven't really watched him much defensively, but – uh, and he did say something interesting in his introductory press conference with the Washington Wizards. He said he has a lot of untapped potential. Uh, I didn't know he was only 27. He looked a little bit older than that. And um, he said he's never been an all-star, never won a championship. Um, so do you think he, he has the potential to become an all-star? Did you see any all-star potential in him with the Los Angeles Lakers? No. no. <laughs> I mean, I'm, that's no, not it's, a slight right. against Montrezl Harrell. You're right. I mean – you know, 90% of the league, 93% of the league is not all-stars. Like, he is among that 93% or whatever you want to call it. He is obviously six-man-of-the-year caliber because, by definition, he has done that. You know, and by the way, guys like that are extremely valuable. Like, he is in the upper echelon of NBA players. You know, he's certainly in the upper half and probably upper third of the NBA He's a really good player. I don't think he's at that level. Uh, yeah, doesn't necessarily matter, but but he's not. Yeah, and that's that's an honest answer there. I mean, he uh, he he did say that statement, and I I you know personally maybe he could be an all star if if somehow he found found a way to shoot a three a, a little bit and added that to his game. But 
Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah, the Comiskey mm. brothers are not. You know, I just say it's, it's a tall, I mean, it's hard to be an all-star. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. Really, it's really, really, I mean, Mike Conley is a great player and it's like finally just made an all-star team. I mean, like, Lamar know, I Odom Drew, never made an all-star team. Right. Drew, Drew Holiday has made one or two. One or two. Yeah. At I mean, the yeah, most. But, and so, like, a lot of really good players don't make all-star teams. I mean, I, I thought the the idea that he's got untapped potential defensively, yeah, I, I will say, I mean, the, the, the issue with Trez defensively is not effort. It's not interest. He tries. Um, you know, he takes a lot of charges. He, you know, is obviously an excellent rebounder, um, and rebounding is part of defense. He's just, he's, you can really tell the size thing. Um, on the on that side of the ball when you know he is a really undersized center um and and put out against the wrong people in the wrong matchups you know you know he's not at all a rim protector so you know that's not really a choice um it, it just you can see his limitations there and it's not necessarily for lack of effort or lack of interest and he'll go out and do what he's you know he'll try to do what he's asked to do he's just not built for it necessarily um and you know, is he as was he as bad as I thought he was going to be? No, but he's definitely problematic. And you know, especially in a in a playoff situation, you know, if the Wizards can get into that, you know, out of the plan or into the you know a seven or an eight or whatever it might be, you'll see that in a series. It's happened now with the Clippers. It happened with the Lakers. Teams just pick on him, and he's he gets very difficult to play. Yeah, he's a difficult guy to to scheme with defensively because, like Brian said, he's undersized at the five. Even if you are measuring him against backup fives who are often, relatively speaking, undersized, he's still usually giving up some size or I think in particular some strength in those matchups. And he's not a great option defensively at the four either. Like, you know, he's not great with his rotations. I think sometimes he's not great with his awareness, the, you know, the more he has to defend away from the basket. Like Brian said, it's not a lack of effort. It's not a disinterest thing. It's just, it's not a strength either, which I think makes it difficult to figure out what, what exactly you're supposed to do with him on that side of the ball. And, you know, that becomes magnified more in the playoffs where possessions really become important. And that's why, you know, he was an issue for the Clippers the last few years he was there. In the playoffs, he was an issue for the Lakers in the playoffs. Brian and I both expected, by the way, that once the playoffs rolled around, he would play less, and we were both fine with that. You know, the Mm -hmm. Lakers needed somebody that could help get them through the regular season, help elevate that level of play. But by and large, I think that's exactly what Trez did. Trez's season had its up-and-down, uneven moments, you know, moments where Trez was unhappy with the way he was being used, stuff like that. But on balance, I don't think he had a bad season at all. I think he did exactly what I expected him to do and largely did it pretty well. Yeah, and if you look at his numbers, his numbers did drop. Um, I know that some of that did come to uh, Frank Vogel just not playing him towards the end of the year. And uh, there were some questionable games, like like I brought up the last time we talked about the Wizards game where uh, we beat you guys where Anthony Davis didn't play and he was Montrose Harrell was playing really, really well. And then in the whole second half, he just doesn't play at all. He plays Marcus All in the whole third and fourth quarter, which I was I was happy about because Montrez was killing us. Um, but I, I do want to get into some of the off the court things. Um, you know, something happened with his agent Rich Paul and uh, Nerlens Noel. So I just want to ask you guys about uh, Montrez opting out. I mean, opting in instead of opting out. Um, but before we 
get into that. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Sweat Block. Uh, it's doctor created, doctor recommended, doctor recommended. Have you guys tried uh, Sweat Block before? Yes, absolutely. Good stuff. It works. Yeah. So if you want to keep your shirt dry, it's been very, very hot in the Maryland, D.C., Virginia area. It's been about 90 <laughs> degrees every single day. Uh, so this and, is, and it's and it, that's a wet heat, right? <laughs> very humid out here. So it's dry. It has dry shirt guarantee. If sweat block doesn't keep you dry, you can get your money back. Featured and tested on the Rachel Ratio by Firefighters, bestseller on Amazon for the past ten years, over thirteen thousand reviews, and manufactured in the in the U.S. Uh, wear what you want to wear with your little secret of confidence. This is a must-have for everyone's toiletry bag, whether it's a big presentation or a hot date. Everyone can benefit. Uh, once again, it was featured on the Rachel Ray Show and Firefighters uh, wear sweat black, sweat block all the time. You can find it in Amazon and CVS. The promo code is locked on for 20% off. Uh, this episode is also brought to you by Direct TV Stream. Um, you got the NFL going on right now, and the NBA will be back soon. You got MLB. Uh, does this sound familiar to you? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone and you've got your neighbors, best friends logging for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love with, without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, so I, I do want to get more into um, Montrez and um, some, of, some of the play on the court, and then I'm not sure if you guys heard about Nerlens Noel uh, and Rich Paul, and um, they have the same age in Montrez Harold, and uh, he could have opted out of that $9 million contract. Um, do you guys think it was wise for Montrez to do that, or was there any other implications of him opting in just because he wanted to leave L.A. and get traded, or – yeah, I don't. Th- I, I think it was it was it was two things. First, he wasn't going to make more than nine million dollars in the open market. I, I think it was if it was clear that somebody was going to give him, you know, three and twenty one or something like that, then he probably would have opted out. Um, it, assuming he's happy with that kind of money, I mean, you never know. I mean, guys make decisions all the time. We just went through the Dennis Schroeder thing, and whether or not Schroeder was the one who turned down the eighty four million, or his agent encouraged him, or some combination, you never know. But I mean, it was, I, I think there was, it, based just on what teams have done over the course of the offseason and who they've given their money to, it seems like there wasn't a huge market for, for Harold to make the kind of money that he wanted. So I doubt he was going to make more than you know, the nine and 9.7, I think it is, or whatever, for, for this season. And so with that in mind, it made actually the most sense to opt in and help the you know you can get paid and then the lakers with the understanding the lakers could move him um because he is a guy with appeal he is somebody who um you know he's not valueless around the league 
And, you know, I think that was the easiest way I, uh, I would guess for him to be able to make the most money he could this year and get into a situation where he'd be more comfortable, which, you know, I, the, you guys have a, a whole crush of dudes that can, that can play up front. Um, but at, the, at least in theory, he has an opportunity to maybe have a bigger role than he would in L.A. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's going to be really interesting to see just how much bigger Trez's role is in D.C. Um, because I, I think some of the opportunity issues that he clearly saw with the Lakers may exist with the Wizards, but it was... I mean, y'all got to give 30 minutes, 35 minutes a night to Daniel Gafford, and not just because he, I have him in our keeper league and my fantasy <laughs> league. So I'm just, you know, this is important. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, I think Daniel Gafford should play about 40 minutes a game, honestly. Well, yeah, I mean, Gafford's going to end up playing, assuming he's healthy. Thomas Bryant's going to end up playing. And I think some of those questions still linger for Trez, but it was pretty obvious down the stretch of the season. Then even after the season ended with some of the stuff Trez was saying online, comments that he was liking, stuff like that, that he wasn't happy with the Lakers. And I, I think if he had been if he had opted in and stayed with the lakers it would have only been because they couldn't have moved him as opposed to him wanting to stay i think he would have been professional i think he would have played his ass off cuz that's what he does i mean he just plays hard whether he's happy or not but i think he would have been unhappy and it'll it'll be interesting to see how happy he is or isn't in dc it'll be interesting to see if he ends up getting flipped again um but Trez is a guy that, for better and worse, wears his emotions on his sleeve. I mean, like, just both sleeves in, you know, uppercase, bold type. And I think at times it serves as a motivating factor for him. At times it probably can rub people the wrong way. At times it, it can feel like he is emoting in ways that, you know, led to Jeannie Buss in the middle of the season, seeking him out to give it, just to give him a hug. Because he, he, she just felt like I'm seeing this stuff on Twitter from Trez. He seems like he's in a tough place. You know, he's very clearly still dealing with the death of his grandmother, who, excuse me, died during the bubble in the 2020 uh, season, and she was very, very instrumental in raising him. And this was a loss that he still feels. He talked about it during his exit interview. Um, you know, he's just, he's a very, very emotional guy. And that's something Wizards fans should be very prepared for. Yeah, but I, I heard about that with Jeannie Buss, where um, she, she looked for Montrez and, you know, he's been very vocal on Twitter. And, you know, you kind of got to use uh, Rosetta Stone to figure out what he's saying, the, the cryptic tweets and this almost, <laughs> you know, deciphering what he's saying. So, uh, but that, that leads me to my next question, too. Um, you know, we do have those three centers, like you said, Daniel Gafford, who's going to start – most likely he's going to start and uh, get about 25 to 30 to 40 minutes a game. Thomas Bryant, the former Laker, and uh, Montrezl Harrell. And then you guys had um, three bigs as well, um, Andre Drummond and Marcus Gasol. How did, how did he fit with that rotation? How did he fit next to LeBron and Anthony Davis? And uh, how was his chemistry with those guys too? Because I know, um, you know, Anthony Davis has a strong personality, Kuzma as well, and LeBron and – um, was there any, um, you know, I know you guys went through some tough times with that Sun series, and then he had the tweets about Frank Vogel. How was he um, inside the locker room, and how did he fit next to LeBron and AD? And, and I mean, in, inside the locker room, unfortunately, we weren't there. 
um, just because the yeah. I mean, I didn't hear I didn't hear anything other than you know. I think guys appreciated how hard he worked. It didn't seem like an like an issue. Um, you know, I, I think you know everybody knows Trez cares. That's I I, I don't think that was. Yeah, in terms of the rotation, though, like somebody always got squeezed. Um, you know, when when they had the two guys with the the moments where AD would play at the five, you know, Gasol would play some, Trez would play some. There was sort of a, a pretty easy way to delineate that. When they brought in Drummond, you know, it was hard to play all three of those guys, and that's when you saw um, Gasol's playing time go down, and then at times you saw Trez's playing time disappear, and. Yeah, you know, he didn't like it, and I don't. I understand why. A, he wants to play. B, he thinks he's good, and he is good. I mean, the guy's won six man of the year. He wants. He, he feels he should be on the floor, um, and you know that was that was an uncomfortable situation that had nothing to do with him. It had everything to do with what the Lakers did um, in terms of trying to improve the roster. And so, you know, from a chemistry standpoint, I I don't want to. Be, it's hard for me because I don't know him. Uh, as Andy said, we weren't with the team. Nobody really was. But, you know, he left the the Clippers on what's looking like pretty negative terms. He's He left the Lakers, and by the end of it, I don't think was particularly happy here. Um, I do think there is the possibility, at least, that Harrell is one of those guys that, while very good, isn't quite as good as he he thinks he is or you know can't get the role that he thinks he deserves and i get where the chip is coming from we're talking about a guy who was not a you know you know the fourth pick in the draft and had things laid out the dude worked his ass off to get you know get to where he is um you know the chip is well earned and he needs it and it fuels him but i i i am starting to wonder like by the time you get through the second team where you're not happy with your role if, if at some point, at least some of it has something to do with you. I think the chip on his shoulder cuts both ways. Similar to the way that I was talking about for better and for worse, he's a guy that wears his emotions on his sleeve. I think the chip and those emotions are a necessary component for Trez to, to thrive in, in the NBA, and he has thrived. I think at times the chip and the emotions can get the best of him. So you know, again, both make up who he is and both make up the positives and the negatives. Yeah, he, he definitely has that junkyard mentality coming off the bench and, and bringing, in the, bringing in that energy and the tenacity that the Wizards need. The Wizards, they could definitely use some toughness in that in that front court uh, with Daniel Gafford and Thomas Bryant. That's what we're looking for. Um, and I do want to ask you guys about his – how do you guys see his fit with the Washington Wizards, how he fits with Bradley Bill and uh, Kyle Kuzma once again. Uh, but before we get into that, this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Uh, my favorite flavor, my favorite flavor is cookies and cream. Uh, it's it's super healthy and tastes uh, very good at the same time. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are the Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. Check out the macro: seventeen to eighteen grams of protein, calories ranging from only one hundred thirty to one hundred eighty. Only four to five grams of sugar and only four to five grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Order today and get the grasshopper cookie or raspberry or whatever you like. Bill Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. Track and Field team. Go to Bill.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Bill.com. This episode, this episode is also brought to you by Bet Online. Uh, there's NFL preseason to bet on and MLB. 
Uh, baseball season is also in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline, get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including NHL and all your UFC action. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great, great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Uh, what's the over-under for the Lakers this year? In wins? Uh, yeah, in wins. Seven? I, I honestly haven't looked. <laughs> uh, I'm going to guess right now. I'm going to set it at 50. At 50. Okay. That's not bad. But, I, but Brian, yeah, I, I guess you guys could go seven and then, uh, seven and 75. Yeah, we haven't, I, I'll be honest, I haven't gotten to this part of the read yet. So <laughs> on our show, so I haven't looked. I was going to. If, I'll tell you right now, if someone offers you a seven, take, take the, the over. over. Take the over. <laughs> yeah, I, I bet. Uh, and head, head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. The promo code is locked on. Um, so how, how do you guys see Montrez Harrell fitting in with the Washington Wizards next to Bradley Bill, uh, Dinwiddie, and um, also Kyle Kuzma once again in KCP? I think he'll fit fine. I mean, I, I think Trez is actually a fairly easy guy to fit alongside other players. I mean, he's he's not somebody that you would necessarily tailor fit around to begin with. He's the guy that you insert around the other pieces that you've been more concerned with how they all fit together. But I, I think he'll be fine. I mean, it's it for Trez, the way he plays, I think it's more about the matchups and more about who you're putting him against versus who you're actually playing him with. Because ultimately, you know, as long as you've got guards who are capable of getting him the ball in certain spots or, you know, guys who can run a bit of a two-man game, I, I think it's fine. I think really with Trez, it's more about the other team than, than his teammates. Yeah, and who is he going to play with? I think, you know, is, is he going to be in, that line, in those lineups with, with Dinwiddie and Beal a lot? I, I don't know. Um, you know, if so, he, he certainly sounds like, seems like a guy who could be a good pick-and-roll partner with somebody like Dinwiddie and can fill space, you know, as, as a lot of eyes are on Brad Beal and – you know, he, he is very active and he moves well and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, I just don't, I, it's hard for me to say, you know, is that pick and roll combination going to be with him or is it going to be Aaron Holiday? So like, and then you know, I'll be, I'd be lying if I said I was familiar enough with, with Holiday's game to know if that's a great combo or not. But I agree with Andy. I, you know, he's not, you know exactly what Harold can give you and, and how he's going to give it to you. Um, he's a great guy, I think, to have on a roster over the course of 82 games because he can, he can, his energy can help carry a second unit. Um, he can, he can be a big boost in that way. And, and those things are important. It's, he can be obviously problematic in the playoffs. No disrespect to the Wizards. That's less of a question, like how Montrez Harrell affects them in the, you know, second and, you know, third round of the, of the Eastern Conference playoffs is not as big of a concern. You cross that bridge if you get there. I mean, that's where you guys are. And so I think, you know, it is more about 82 games. Can we get in the playoffs? And Harold certainly helps in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. I think we could definitely use that. Um, his, his energy finishing around the rim and he's a double, double mm -hmm. guy. He can easily get in there and get 15 and 10. Uh, we'll, it's we'll, not like you guys were good defensively last year. I mean, like, Oh my God, Montrez Harrell has ruined the defensive integrity of the Washington wizards. I don't see that as a problem. You might bring it up. Yeah, I mean, yeah, okay. I mean, we we did get better defensively. We couldn't get any, any worse. Right. I, I mean, sure. <laughs> like, yeah, when, I mean, Gafford when during the middle of the season when Gafford came, we were top ten in defensive rating. Um, before he got there, we were dead last. Uh, but when we finally got a rim protector as a big that could actually jump, yeah. 
no no disrespect to Robin Lopez, but he just couldn't jump over Good job. Get over a phone book. So we we finally we finally got an athletic center. You know, him and Marcus Saul probably have similar uh athleticism. So um I don't know if you guys are gonna keep um Gasol around, but if you did uh looking at looking at our roster um with the with the three centers when Thomas Bryant comes back, um do you think um and, and I know you guys aren't the Wizards GM or anything like that. Um do you think the Wizards uh, would look to uh, trade one of those three bigs. You think that's wise, or is that something that you guys, if you had Andre Drummond? Uh, yeah, I think it's it's hard to trade three. It's hard to play three guys at one position. Mm-hmm. Like who guys who really like, Trez can't play power forward. He really can't. Um, they the Lakers tried a little bit with him and Gasol on the floor at the same time with Gasol kind of as a defensive center, but if stretching the floor functionally as a power forward and then switching that on on defense, and it just doesn't work very well. I mean, he really is an undersized center. And so it's, for the bench, like that, right. that is what he is. And again, there's value That's in that. huge value, but it's also hard to play that and Thomas Bryant and Daniel Gafford, like, and anybody, you know, and then goes have lineups where you're not playing a center, like you can go small. I mean, which I'm assuming the wizards are going to do at some point. I mean, everybody does that. And so I, yes, is the short answer. It makes sense. You're going to probably need to trade one of those guys if you want all of them to be happy or playing meaningful roles on a night-to-night basis. Just, and I would say that of any team that had three players, all of whom were pretty good. I mean, Bryant's a good player if he comes back healthy. Um, you know, if you have three players, all of whom are good, in, in one spot on the floor, particularly at center, where you know, now most NBA teams don't play 48 minutes of a center. It's you know, 40, it's 36, it's whatever. I mean, the Wizards tried last year. Um, you know, with Len and, and Gafford and, and Lopez. And it didn't, for, you know, from looking out on the outside, looking in, it did not seem like it was a seamless uh, endeavor to try to make that happen. And so I, I wouldn't want to try to I mean, do it again. Yeah, I mean, I have no, you know, neither one of us is familiar enough with the inner workings of the Wizards front office and, you know, what they do schematically to know exactly how they would approach or to even predict it. But if you just, if you're thinking about whether or not somebody would have to get moved, it is at least a little bit instructive to say Thomas Bryant and Harrell have larger salaries and therefore are easier to make uh, like the central part of a trade for an impact player versus Daniel Gafford, who has a much smaller deal, has to be a throw in. It's just it's just more complicated. You know, Trez by himself making almost 10 million bucks on an expiring deal on an expiring as is for that matter, Bryant expiring, you know, it's. Those two are at least, if nothing else, easier to imagine getting moved, you know, for this reason to alleviate a log jam, for to uh, potentially address another area of need for Washington. Um, so that's at least one way to think about it. Yeah, I, I think so too. That that three uh, center rotation is tough, and and KCP said in his uh, introductory press conference too that it was hard on Montrez with Mark Gasol and Andre Drummond trying to share minutes with those guys, and I know that was hard. Uh, for Frank Vogel, too, to try to get playing time for all those guys. But um, before we wrap up, I just want to get uh, one underrated skill that you guys saw from Montres Harrell, something that uh, you thought that you wouldn't see from him that you guys saw this year. Yeah, like I said, I think it was what I said at the top. Like, he's just more skillful. Like, the footwork is better. He's got quicker feet. He's more skillful. The hands are a little bit better. As a, not, I don't mean as a passer, but I mean as, a, as an offensive player, his hands are better and, you know, his, the, the first step is quicker. And like he's like Andy said, not just a garbage man. He is a, a pretty skilled low post offensive player. Uh, Brian touched on this a little bit earlier, but uh, 
his ability to draw charges and his willingness to draw charges. I, I knew that he was that type of dirty work player. I didn't know specifically how skilled he was and just eager to draw those charges. And it does make up for some defensive uh, issues that he has, not all of them, but you know, that, that if nothing else um, speaks to that, he actually cares about it. So. Yeah, thank you guys. And I, I think we learned a lot about Montrez hero. I think he's going to be a solid player for the Washington wizards, uh, automatic double, double guy. And we'll see if he can take some of those charges and, and help us out a little bit defensively and, and bring some energy to DC. Uh, and this episode is brought to you by Locked On Today. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of your local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I just want to thank you guys for coming on again. And um, I probably will have you guys again um, just, talk about, just to talk about either Kuzma or KCP. Anytime. Yeah. <laughs> and um, just just let everybody know where they can follow you guys on Twitter. At That's Cam a, Brothers. Yep. Uh, K-A-M Brothers. Yep. And uh, make sure you guys subscribe to these guys. They're on YouTube as well. Um, the Wizards, you know, were one of the smaller market teams. So, you know, they gave you guys, the Lakers. The- <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so we're, we're that we live here. Just the, the big markets, you know, that tiny little backwater town that is Washington, D.C. Yeah. <laughs> right. The, the, the nation's capital. So we're, yeah, we're nothing trying. of import happens there. Nope. <laughs> so we're, we're trying to get up there with you guys and get on YouTube. So everybody, make sure you guys follow them. Make sure you guys subscribe to the Locked On Lakers on uh, iTunes and on YouTube as well. Make sure you guys hit the notification bell so you don't miss anything that these guys put out. They guys, these guys put up awesome, awesome Lakers content, so do not miss out. And uh, I just want to thank you guys once again. Thanks, man. Right. Talk soon. No problem. Everybody have a good one. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 